Agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, good morning, folks. Welcome into the show. A truncated one through to midday, though, as always. Uh, we're going to open the lines on 0800 from now through to 11 o'clock. So go on. Uh, feel free to discuss anything to do with sport. I'm sure uh, Rugby World Cup quarterfinals, <laughs> top of your thinking, after quite a couple of days. And that's a bit of an understatement. What else have we got for you along the way? We'll have the Polaris Sports Desk after 11 o'clock. We'll also have the great Ken Labans joining the show. Can't wait to catch up with Ken Laban to look at all of the action, both domestically and at the Showpiece World Tournament. Uh, we'll talk rugby with Ken Laban from Sky Sport after 11. We'll have a chance for you to win with Stumped by Smithy as well. Uh, that is all to come in this quick, moving beast of a program, shall we say. So let's rip into it 29 minutes away from 11. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. Daniel at the dais once more. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you got some sleep. Another brilliant World Cup quarterfinal. Great work, Sumo and Ant Strom with the call. What an incredible opening half, especially between France and South Africa. The start by France was, well, frightening. <laughs> but the box responded, and it turned into an absolute slugfest over that opening 40 minutes. It had a little bit of everything. You even had a scrum called after someone took a mark in their own 22. Like, seriously, when, when does that happen? But what did stick out for me was France's inability to handle high kicks from South Africa in that opening half, leading to two tries. But they looked athletically superior. More zip, more threat. What also stood out to me in that opening half, Anton Dupont is brilliant. That guy has everything, including a broken face. His side led... 22-19 at the half. They should be familiar with this scenario leading at the half. They have only been behind at halftime five times in their last 59 test matches. But at the half, they should have also been rather concerned. You could make an argument that France cost themselves 19 points in that first 40 minutes through their own errors and an inability to handle South African pressure. And that theme carried on. France played all the rugby to start the second half. South Africa, let's be frank and honest, were feeding off absolute scraps. The game was there for the taking for the French. But French errors meant half-breaks ended in nothing. South Africa were on the back foot and had used their entire bench by the 51st minute. But the tide started to turn around the hour mark, the subs making the desired impacts and that belligerent self-belief that the box have in bucket loads was present. Then in the 65th minute, how about this for Cajones from South Africa? They turned down a kickable penalty chance from almost in front, down 25 points to 19, and went and went for a brave tap and go. And a few phases later, that man mountain, Iban Itzdebeth, ran over the top of the weak defending French fly half, Mr. Yally Bear. South Africa up by one with 13 to go. Then more French errors lead to a penalty and the box turned to Pollard who booms a penalty from 52 metres. Okay, France got a penalty back themselves to make it a one-point ball game again. But error after error put pay to the dreams of the host nation. And as much as I admire the tenacity of South Africa, and make no mistake, I do very, very much. This was as much about France not dealing with the occasion. You can't tell me this was all about great South African defence. Heck, they missed 42 tackles, and their tackle success was a little over 70%. Have you learnt nothing, France? You have to bury the box. You have to bury them 10 feet deep. You can't play all the rugby and be inefficient. They are the world champions for a reason. France was so many people's favourites to win this tournament. And you know what? They had nearly everything you need as far as talent. They also had the home fans but they couldn't deal with the expectation. And very much like Ireland, I don't think they handled the heat at all well. My thoughts, yours now, welcome on 0800 150 811, 25 away from 11.
Let's get your calls. 25 minutes away from 11 o'clock. 0800 150 811. You can also text us on the Temper and Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost like no other. Argentina 29, Wales 17, New Zealand 28, Ireland 24, England 30, Fiji 24, South Africa 29, France 28. The quarterfinals now in the book. It's Argentina and the All Blacks and England up against South Africa. We want to hear from you as far as those quarterfinals. Two in particular. I know we can quibble over what part of the draw that they met each other. But can I just say, I am so thankful that we've had Ireland and New Zealand and France and South Africa play at all at this tournament. Those were just gripping encounters, absolutely gripping. Let's hear your experiences about watching those quarterfinals, especially the New Zealand one. Where were you? How did you enjoy it? Could you enjoy it? Were you hiding behind the couch? Were you shouting at the radio? Were you screaming at the TV? Let us know your thoughts. Let's start off with Joey. Good morning. Yeah, good day, Daniel. You look, just, I was just saying to your uh, producer, Fantastic call uh, um, by Scotty Stevenson and, and, and yourself. You know, you, you two remind me of Peter, of Moody and um, and Keith Quinn. You know, that's a big comment, I know. But it, when you're listening in the car and you're not you're not watching on telly, you know, you, you like to feel as though you're, you're you're there. And you guys bring that. And I think it's fantastic. You guys are doing a your station's doing a fantastic job. Just on the rugby, it's a bit sad that the 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 world rugby haven't got it right with some. Um, you know, the draw and everything, you know, how the, the, the best teams... I know they've got to play each other, and it's been... Fan- don't get me wrong, it's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But they would, have been, they would have been two great semi-finals or two finals from what, you know, um, from, from what, what, I've, what I've seen, especially the, the All-Back game yesterday, you know, and, and they were talking about the... All, the Irish were talking about the All-Back game yesterday, and they said that they... Not, not the, the Irish players, the, um, some of the um, ex-Irish players on your station, and they mentioned that... Um, they thought, you know, some of them thought maybe if they were 90%, they could beat the All Blacks. You can't be 90% in any of those, any, any quarterfinal, semifinal, final, and think you're going to win. If we go there and think we're 90%, oh, well, 90% of the time we beat, we, we beat um, uh, Argentina, we can win or not. We'll, if we're 90%, we'll beat them. No, you'll get knocked over. And, and you know, I'm not saying the players in Ireland thought that at all. But um, and you do get that little bit of complacency too, because the All Blacks have been struggling. They've been up and down, up and down like a yo-yo. But um, you know we're coming right, and and here's our chance now to go ahead and win that, win this World Cup. Um, you know we've got to got to be a hundred percent against against uh, um, Argentina, and then whoever if we can get to the final, we we we're there. But once we get if we can get to the final, we know how to win without a doubt. And, and that's the big thing. But as I said, it's been fantastic. And um, I, I felt a little bit for Ireland too because, you know, they have been the best side in the world for a long, long time. But, you know, when you win 17, 16, 15 games in a row, there's got to be one time where you're going to get tipped up. And that's that's what happened, you know. Um, but, I mean, they're well, still this a fantastic is the most side. Uh, yeah, they are a fantastic side, Joe. Firstly, thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, I'm sure Scotty will be humbled to hear that uh, too. Really do appreciate that. Uh, here's my understanding of Rugby World Cups. Take the 1987 All Blacks out of the equation, who ran the table, right? I can't remember too many sides who have played 100% in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and final. It's damn hard to do, isn't it, Joey? So, um, yeah, it might look a little bit underwhelming, the draw in the semifinals. Uh, I still think that the All Blacks and South Africa will prevail. But, you know, these knockout games, anything can happen. That's why we watch the games. Yeah, well, what it is too, Daniel, just quickly... That, that a lot of teams can play one-off games and beat the All Blacks. When you've got to play in a competition in a tournament for seven or eight weeks or ten weeks, that's when the All Blacks are very, very good at doing that. Now, we lost to France early on. Didn't, it didn't phase us. We've gone through to a semi-final. We've got a chance of making the final. You know? And if we do make that final, we know how to win. That's another bonus for us. doesn't matter who we play, if it's South Africa, if it's England. You know, and but you've got to get up, and you've got to be a hundred percent all the way through, because if you're not, you'll get rolled. Good man, uh, Joey. Appreciate you leading us off. Go enjoy your day. You too. Have a great day. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. James and Palmy, how you doing? Hey Daniel. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Um, just want to second what the previous caller said. Yeah, great job from from you lads. It was awesome to hear that this morning. 
Um, just oh, a couple of points for me. Yeah, just a couple of points for me. I just want to say that I, I feel as though, um, I think Seth, uh, Scotty said it before around um, the false sense of security. And I think the Northern Hemisphere teams have sort of got lulled into that a bit. And I feel as though when I was sort of checking Mills Muliaina's um, interviews, there was so much arrogance from the Irish fans. And that's something I've never really seen before. So I think, you know, coming and getting blasted off the park by the All Blacks a little bit like that was <laughs> yeah. almost a little bit vindicated in some way. I don't know. It just feels yeah. like it's not really in our DNA, DNA to be like that. Um, secondly, I just want to agree well, with arrogant. this before I do. Confident. I, I, might, I might argue with on that front. James, but put, put yourself in the, in, the, in the shoes of being an Irish fan. You've lost eight straight playoff games, including seven quarterfinals. You lost a playoff match in, that would have qualified you for the quarterfinals in 1999. You're the best team in the world. You're humming along. If there's any time in your life as an Irish rugby fan you're going to be confident, this weekend was that right? <laughs> like, no, seriously. Yeah. You, heard, you heard Johnny think- Sexton in the lead-up to that game saying, when I was a kid, we never believed we could win a World Cup. We in New Zealand have always believed we can win a World Cup. That's a, that's a fair point. I just think it's sometimes there's a fine line between confidence and spilling over yep. into arrogance. Um, yep. the, the one thing I did want to say was, um, I just had a question more. So I noticed that um, Nuggie, you know, yesterday with 90 seconds to go, sort of box kick, gave away position, and Fafta Klerk did the same thing today. I just wanted to know, do you, do you think that's a deliberate tactic or do you think that's a, a bit of a brain fade there because it really is putting... Everyone on the edge, their you know, respective supporters on the edge of their seats with 90 seconds having to defend pretty reasonable attacking teams. Do you think that's deliberate? Yes, I do. I do. Um, look at the scenario for the All Blacks. They're up by four points. Look where the kick was made and taken. So Ireland get the ball back just outside their own 22. The All Blacks back themselves not to concede a try from 80 metres out. And, you know, it was extraordinary from Ireland to hold on to the ball for 37 phases in the face of that defence. So I think if you're playing it by the numbers, that one makes a little bit of sense. Um, personally, I'd like... and I, So what, what was it? Was it four and a half minutes out from the end of the game? Now, now Fafta Klerk's one is only 90 seconds to go. I, I, I think there is more of um, a, a reason to believe you can hold on to the ball for that period of time. But the score's only one in that game, right? It's only one. So he's got to be conscious of where he is on the field. And if they, if they then have one sloppy breakdown, they give away a penalty 45, 46 metres out. And Toma Ramos, the best goal kicker at the tournaments, lining up to win the game. Does that make sense? That's my interpretation. But, yeah, it's a James, point. when I saw it, I was like, oh, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, that's right. It's a one-point ball game. Hmm. Yeah, right on. Oh, well, I mean, somebody's making the calls there. They're, somebody's running the cutter, and they're, they're getting paid well to do it. So I guess we've just got to trust the system. But, yeah, definitely think the Springboks... <laughs> we, we don't... Yeah, we don't have to... We don't have to trust it 100%, right? There's many ways to skin a mm. cat. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a very valid reason to actually ask. And I know, you know, listening to Staffy on the run home... Uh, not on the run home, on the Bunnings Trade Rugby run yesterday, a lot of people did raise this in the immediate aftermath of the All Blacks one. And I'm sure there's a few South African fans who are breathing quite whew, uh, calmly now that uh, Fuff de Klerk's decision hasn't come back to bite them on the backside. But, man, uh, soul-destroying for Ireland and France, right? Their fan bases must be crushed, James. Yeah, I, look, it, it is what it is. I think at the end of the day, it's tournament rugby. I heard Carmo, uh, not Carmo, um, uh, TJ said on the, on, the, on the comment panel, and he said it's tournament rugby. And they, they, they've been here before. They know what they're doing. Um, and it's just, it is what it is. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome to see both of those teams come through, having, I don't think, have been, been playing at the level that they can play, which makes for a yeah. frightening prospect for both Argentina and England. Hey, James, where were you during the All Blacks game? Where, who were you watching it with? Were you alone? Were you pacing up and down? Were you throwing things at the TV? Pacing, yeah, a combination. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I'm based, based down in Palmerston North, so a couple of the lads come over and we watched it, and, yeah, um, Pretty pretty nervy stuff, but yeah, all good. It was a, it was a good 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 match, good good outing. Oh, it was a great match. Thanks for your time, James. Lovely chatting. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. That is our number. You can text us on double eight double three. Steve, I tried to make this point in the sermon. I didn't want to go on and on, um, and I could have. I actually did write a three minute sermon, um, and I realised I'd only got to half time. That's how full that first half between France and 
uh, South Africa was. And you are so right to point this out, Steve. Thank you for texting double eight double three. That charge down conversion. Yes, there was a charge down conversion as well. That charge down conversion proved important in a one point win. Uh, thank you for reminding me, Steve. Dan, it just goes to show once again, form between World Cups counts for nothing. That's why we love tournaments, right? That's why we love tournaments. No scripts get ripped up and thrown in the bin. You win 17 tests in a row, but if you're slightly off, and Ireland were, you know, look at Doris's drop with a couple of minutes to go after that uh, goal line 22. Look at the handling errors he made. Uh, He's been one of the most, the best number eights at this tournament, in my opinion, the Irish these skills just weren't as sharp as, as normal. And what you drop a couple of um, levels and you're up against a black wall, um, you lose. All I say is you can only ask one thing of any sports team you follow is effort. And I tell you what, the All Blacks gave us 1 million percent on that front. G'day, Mikey. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, my, my, I went for the hard overhead and picked the All Blacks and thank God... Heart, heart one. Although my heart almost gave out during the game, to be fair, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, quite stunning. And yes, the, the fans are for Ireland are very upset. My very good friend lives in Dublin, and he's only we were texting throughout the game in total silence, and he's only just got back to me, and he said that it's it's a power hurt over there. Um, so but hey, team's got to get through, and I'm glad it's us. So. Um, and watch the game this morning. Jesus, start by the French. I thought they were going to run away with wow. it. The, the box, man. Oh, that's so good. So um, their, their resolve, excited. their resolve. South oh. Africa never believe they're out of it. And you know, yeah. while I was clearly quite pointed in my criticism towards France because I think they will regret that and should regret that longer than Irish fans. I, I think France have you know, quote-unquote, choked more than Ireland did against the All Blacks. Um, mm. But, yeah. And they were out on their feet, the French. They were they, they could barely move. They, 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 no wonder they couldn't score that try because they had no... I think the stamina, everything had gone. Their legs had gone, basically. Um, so, hence the mistakes, etc., etc. But in saying that, man, all quarters. I, I, I haven't got up early to watch the first Excellent. one. But I've always caught the second half. And they've all been fantastic. So, yeah, the, the Wales, the Wales, said, uh, Argentina game is. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, Mikey, you just cut cut out there. Sorry if I talked over the top of you. I was just going to say that Wales Argentina was probably down on maybe intensity and skill, but still really gripping and tight. And you know, an intercept in the 79th minute sews it up. That's why it looks like a comfortable win to Argentina it was anything but. Um, but but the two marquee matchups. You know, if it was pay-per-view and we'd paid huge money to watch, I think we would have all been wildly satisfied. Oh, absolutely. And, and did you see what, at the end of the Wales-Argentina, they all brought their kids on the field, emotions, deluxe everywhere. Um, you know, Argentina players, the crime because they've got through. It's just awesome. Sport's awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> and England lost, the... England lost to get Jeff Gatter started the cricket. <laughs> yeah, not enough boundaries. Not enough boundaries, Mikey. <laughs> Not enough boundaries against <laughs> Afghanistan. Good to chat, mate. Let's go from Mikey in Christchurch to Aaron in the Waikato. Hello. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm great, mate. Life is fantastic, is it not? Oh, it's outstanding, especially being a Taranaki supporter living in the Waikato. What happened to Wellington, yes. mate? Mate, I, I, I'll say it. Okay. I've clearly had a lot of fun at Hawke's Bay's expense, right? Calling them the Dustbusters. But the Dustbusters cleaned us up <laughs> twice. Um, uh, Hawke's Bay fans and that Hawke's Bay side, on the park, you have been excellent. What you have done is turn Wellington, who knew themselves better than I think any side in the NPC, into doubting themselves in two games. And they got away from what, they, what, what they've been good at. And I think that's, that is solely down to Hawke's Bay. So there you go, Aaron. You got something positive out of Hawke's Bay from me. Well done, you. I, I fully agree, mate. And the second thing, I just want to give a bit of shout-out to Ben O'Keefe and Wayne Barnes. They refereed those two games outstandingly. Both of them shut down the little milking of penalties, didn't allow it to happen, made them play, both teams play rugby, and it was great to watch. How good were those quarterfinals, Aaron? Like, seriously, those quarters. Oh, everyone's just in heaven at the moment with these games. 
it's just been brilliant. Good on you, Aaron. Appreciate it. Enjoy your week in the Waikato. Good luck to your Taranaki boys. G'day, Stephen Auckland. Ah, uh, and I'll tell you what, if you're anything like me, there are times you have a love-hate relationship with this game. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to love about these quarterfinals. I'll just tell you, I'll, just, I'll make a quick point, but I'll tell you about my watching experience. Yesterday morning, I was at a airport in Mandy yesterday watching it on my phone that was buffering. Oh, my God. What the oh, nerve-wracking no. thing ever. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go and sit down. And I know there were people, other other people, other Kiwis watching it. And I thought, I'll either just wait until there's deadly silence or they cheer. And when the cheer came up, yep, I thought we've got it. So watched it in its entirety last night. But, gee, what a game. And uh, once again, these quarterfinals this morning, New Zealand rugby, Mark Robinson, you can win a lot of friends by putting, along with Australia, Argentina and South Africa, by putting Fiji in the rugby championship now. Not in three years, not in five years. Right here, right now. What sort of value would they bring to the rugby championship then? What they would bring? A whole heap. Uh, yeah. I made a sermon on this matter uh, last week. Uh, objectively... Every single game, including the quarterfinal that Fiji have played, has been just pure entertainment. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we sort of talk about humility in the game. And, listen, I, I see it with a lot of the Polynesian teams, man. They'll, they'll go out, once you cross that white line, they'll go out and smash the heck out of you. But in many cases, once the game is done, their humility, whether they win, lose or draw even if they bring the other team in for, for prayer or what or whatnot, it's just absolutely outstanding. And, you know, you saw that again this morning from the Fijian captain. He was obviously gutted, but just spoke absolutely brilliant. And, you know, maybe the Johnny Sexton's of the world can learn a bit of things. I must admit, I watched a lot of the interviews last night. I found myself shaking my, my head with so many of the Irish priests. They were always basically saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, you're, you're not here to report like that. It's just, yeah, just found me shaking my, my head a little bit. You realise he, he's a great he's a great player, had a great career, but we don't all get fairy tale endings. No, you don't. Very few get fairy tale endings. Uh, good on you, Steve. Got to get to one more. Uh, in con- let's try and put this into context. What's Fiji's population? About 900,000? They've, they've lost England. What? No, the population of Fiji might be the population of Liverpool. And they're a try away from beating them. Oh, sorry, Josh, if I cut you off. Uh, it's not the end of the world because uh, we're, we're coming up towards the uh, top of the hour. Keep your calls coming if you want. Uh, the number is 0800 uh, My name is Daniel McCarty in the chair again for Smithy. Uh, we'll be for this uh, week. Uh, I've had a shocker. Brian, I've closed all my screens, haven't I? So give me five seconds and I'll actually get up the text machine again. Here we go. We'll get to those uh, now. Um, I didn't actually think I would thank Wayne Barnes for a non-penalty call with the score at 18-17 after 51 minutes and the All Blacks were on attack just outside the Irish 22 and the Irish prop came in from the side and took the ball from under an AB's foot. Barnes called play on. The Irish made the breakup field. That should have been a penalty and the score would have been... Uh, 21 points to 17, but Barnes didn't call it, and Artie came up with the penalty in the AB's 22, and from that line out, Richie Moanga made a break, and Will Jordan scored after the 52nd minute. Geordie Barrett converted, and we got seven points instead of three. That four-point differential made a huge difference. Imagine Johnny Sexton lining up for a drop goal at the end because the score would have been 24 points apiece. That is quite a sliding doors moment, according to that unnamed texter. I can't remember the moment myself. Barwoody, welcome to the show. Hey, man, how are you going? Great, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I got to watch... Um, I never watched the game this morning, Fiji, England. Uh, it would have been nice to see them um, come through. Um, everyone, oh, I feel everyone writing, writing England off, I think. If they make it to the final, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, yeah, I think Ireland did us a favour. To be fair, they... They never really played 
Um, we had we had 14 men in the second half for about five minutes, and they they kept on kicking the ball away. They could have continued to add pressure, but yeah, it's just I think they dropped the ball there. I never never felt once that they were going to score a try because I just I thought I could see our defense was just up for it. But I I don't think they did them any favors. I think they were um, they were resting on that one seventeen in a row. You know, the All Blacks did that a few years ago, and look what happened. We got pipped in in the eighteenth game or nineteenth game, whatever it was. But um, yeah, I believe now that France are out the way, um, you know, probably get through this weekend because this weekend's going to be a massive, massive battle because they they're going to be flamboyant. They're going to be they're going to play fast rugby. They're going to be and they're going to be niggly. We get through this weekend. I think we'll win the final. Doesn't matter who we play. Uh, we know how to beat Africa. Um, I think we've got a number on Africa, although they they dusted us up in the, um, just before the before the World Cup started. Um, but that's all right. You know, all those games they mean they mean nothing anymore. I think we've got the number. I think we can play uh, a style that we can get on the outside of Africa, where the Africa like to play. So. Um, yeah, it's just awesome to see some really good rugby, uh, football in these quarterfinals. Um, had it been, a, you know, number one against a number eight, um, it would have been a bit lopsided, but what we've seen has been amazing. Um, yeah, come on the All Blacks, and um, I think we'll play I think we'll play England in the final. Mm. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, really good call there. 0800 150 811. Um, thank you, Darwin. I really appreciate your time and insight. Uh, the only thing I would probably counter is I don't think Ireland actually kicked the ball that much. New Zealand had substantially more kicks from hand than Ireland did and with substantially less possession. I think they ran for over 1,200 metres, which was the, the official stats I saw from Opta at the end. Yeah, incredible amount of um, possession, territory uh, for Ireland in that game. Look, they had... They had more carries, more meters, more clean breaks, more defenders beaten, more offloads. Um, they made 70 less tackles, missed less tackles, had more dominant tackles, even though making substantially less tackles. But they just turned over the ball 11 times. Uh, turnovers lost 11 to 4. I think that's I think that's it. They just weren't as sharp um, as they normally are with their, with their skill execution. Um, and I think they will have a little bit of regret. But man, oh man, the, the effort of the All Blacks was just outstanding. and I've never encountered, I've, I've commentated a lot of rugby over the years, I, I cannot remember a time where the last play goes for like six minutes over 80 odd metres. It, w- it was quite something, wasn't it? Uh, a couple of texts. Morning Daniel, I spent most of the AB's game wearing a hole in the carpet behind the couch. That was a game for the ages. So proud of the boys. So Such a gutsy effort. I'm extra happy for Ian Foster and Sam Kane. They have taken so much criticism from naysayers on the station. It would be great if some of those knockers would call or text and give credit where it's due. Proud to be an all-black supporter, writes Steve. Um, very, very good text. Yeah, you know, Some of the criticism has been way too personal. Um, below the bout. Yeah, criticise the performances and the results. Absolutely, I get that. I think that's fair enough. But Sam Kane... I, I, Brian, I, t- I, I tried to tell you, the All Blacks missed his defensive intensity against France. Yeah, yeah. Some people joked and laughed at me via text. Yeah, it was crazy. Like Sam Kane in 2023 cop. has been a really good rugby player. In 2022, he looked out of sorts. Absolutely. Uh, keep your messages rolling in. The, the experience of watching consuming that All Blacks Island game, I'd love to hear more from fans. Um, and the pain you suffered throughout that 80-plus minutes on the way to a very, very famous win. I think we're going to head off to news at 11 o'clock. Uh, we might be able to sneak in some calls, but if uh, you want to let your fingers do the talking, so to speak. Um, uh, 0800 158 11, but uh, text us on the uh, temper and bed post text machine. Double eight, double three. 11 a.m., is it time for the news? 37 phases and counting. Here's Kalahar. Strong shoulders on him. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Sam Whitelock, you are magnificent. Sam Whitelock has forced a penalty and the game will be over. Sam Whitelock's career will go on and the Irish will crash out of Rugby World Cup 2023. Always, always bet on black. Yes. 
Yes, the All Blacks beating Ireland in an absolute thriller, a game no one is ever going to forget, a quarterfinal, uh, which was going to be hard to surpass. Although France and South Africa gave it a heck of a good shake this morning, a one-point win to South Africa by 29 points to 28. Our rugby cup has run over this weekend. Domestically, we've had, uh, you know, semi-finals and finals. The Coast, West Coast winning a trophy the first time in over 100 years. Amazing, and there's no better man to speak about all of these things from Sky Sport. A dear friend. Mr Ken Laban, how are you, mate? Very good, thanks, mate. Nice to be on your show. Wow. Ken, did you get any sleep over the weekend? Um How's the energy levels? Because that, that, you know, whether we're working or watching as a fan, um, emotions have been sapped. Yes, well, it's been a slow morning for a lot of people, hasn't it, today, including myself. Um, having watched um, a weekend of um, footy and, and obviously all the dramatic um, results coming out of the quarterfinals on, um, on the weekend. Um, and I suppose that you know we'll be starting to say things about um, France and Ireland that people used to say about New Zealand in the past, and that they're very good teams, but just not at the World Cup. And um, for um, for both of those for both of those teams in that South African game uh, this morning was pretty special as well. And I like the All Black and the Ireland game. Um, you'd have to say the team that went into the match as favourites um, came away defeated. Uh, but you know, just listening to your call at the end of the um, of the Irish game and Sam Whitelock, and that was a controversial decision um, as well that he didn't start his 151st um, test and um, and a memorable turnover um, at the end of the game. But you know, Geordie Barrett probably his best game um, in the number 12 jersey. Who would have thought that Ethan De Groot um, coming back from some from suspension and Tyrell Lomax who hasn't been able to play more than about 15 minutes in the last couple of tests um, that he's played in, would end up putting in um, what they did for the best part of an hour. And then, um, which I thought was another risky um, selection as well, is that they went for uh, Fletcher Newell um, and for Tamaiti Williams, two of the youngest front rowers that are in that group to come from the bench, and they came in and closed it out. So lots of talking points. Um, Daniel from a New Zealand um, the perspective, uh, obviously it was a game that could have gone um, either way and, and like everybody else that's been watching sport a long time, we all know now that if you can get to the last four, you can win it. Um, and what that, what that says about Ian Foster, who's already been sacked regardless of what um, of what happens, but you know, I've got New Zealand now, it's, I've got the All Blacks as favourites to win it now. Let's uh, just talk about this France-South Africa game in a little bit more detail. Of of France and Ireland, I think France have more to regret. I, th- I think they've made more errors here. I think they've caused more self-harm to themselves than Ireland did against the All Blacks. Um, You've just got to admire South Africa's resolve uh, and their ability to stay in a fight, Ken. Like on, on another day, they could have been down by 20, 30 points. Such was the, the sharpness, the athleticism, the pace France showed against them. But France's inability to deal with high kicks, handling, and they ran out of ideas, didn't they? In the face of that staunch South African belief. Exactly. And the other point, too, that's worth noting is that when South Africa opted to take the quick tap, and it wasn't a quick tap, it was just a tap. Yeah. Uh, remember, they could have taken the easy three points or they could have kicked. Uh, they could have kicked for the line out, which was a traditional thing um, to do. And that, more than anything else, I think was a very strong indicator of the difference between uh, between the two teams. There are not many teams in world sport that would have opted, that would have opted to do that. There would have been not many players would have opted. You know, they would have gone for either the easy three and get the ball back from the kickoff, as Carl Tanana was alluding to um, in the commentary. I don't know what was said on um, on the radio call, uh, mate, but I thought that was a huge difference. Um, in, in mentality and confidence um, as well because there's only a couple of other teams in world rugby in that circumstance would have done that one would have been Fiji um, two uh, two All Blacks and um, and I, to be honest I was shocked that um, a traditionally conservative uh, alpha male type culture that exists in the South African um, camp that they'd opt to do that which just shows um, the flair the confidence 
um, and the belief that they have in themselves. And obviously, a couple couple of rucks later, they were they were into the semi final. So I thought, for a whole host of reasons, it was a magnificent contest. It really was. It really was. Um, you know, South Africa's missed forty two tackles and still won. So uh, please, no one in the breakdown come out and say something. Oh, that's as good as South Africa can play, please. South, South Africa does know what to do at this time of the tournament. Um, here's an unfair yeah, well, question. I do, I do think. I do think, mate. When so, you start sorry, talking about defence. When you start talking about defence and um, and tackles, they don't they don't dish out trophies for how many tackles you made or how many tackles you missed. They dish out trophies for how many points you scored. Um, yeah. And the difference, but then and at the, the, the end of the day, mate, who cares? Um, it's not how long you have the ball; it's what you do with it when you've got it. And South Africa, they knew that they weren't going to get another opportunity to be, to be that close, and that this was their chance. Yeah. You know, so they, they they did make they rolled the dice. I thought it was a great decision, um, and so often we've seen in sport that they make a decision like that and it doesn't come off. So you know, you have you've got those ning nongs that'll be reflecting on forty two missed tackles, and then you've got South Africa getting ready for the semi final. Which group do you want to be in? Well, I'm a ning nong because I did reflect on that, but I also did say uh, South Africa had been feeding off scraps, and it was such a brave call after sixty five minutes. And I think you've articulated it oh so well that they just knew this is our chance. And then conversely, you could probably argue when France have that penalty attempt, is that their best moment to kick to the corner? They exactly. didn't gamble, did then, they? No, they didn't. Plus, you kick to the corner, you run time off the clock, you've got to set the line out, you can walk to the line out, you can do all sorts of damage um, in a situation like that before you put the play on. Um, and also, they only needed one winning play to get it done. Yeah, no, it was a very interesting decision. Very interesting. One that they regret, the obviously. All, yeah. The, the Irish and the All Blacks. How should we now reflect on Ireland? They have been unbeaten for 17 straight tests. We're the number one side of the world. But ultimately, they have lost at another quarterfinal. Um, how should we view and judge Ireland? Well, as I kind of, I might have sarcastically alluded to before, they have been they have been great in every contest they play, and except at World Cups, and you could level the same criticism um, at France. You have to have that ability yep. at the end of pool play to play three consecutive finals, um, not just one, not just be good now and again with the odd hard game they get in the Six Nations. At the conclusion of the round robin, you have to play three consecutive grand finals. That's always been the formula um, to win it because there's only the big dogs that are left. And uh, the All Blacks have proven, and South Africa um, have proven in recent World Cups that they uh, that they can do it. And it is tough for the Northern Hemisphere. We can talk about stats and talk about history. What is it? One Northern Hemisphere team in nine World Cups um, has been able has only been able to win it. Has been all the other World Cups have been won by Southern Hemisphere teams. I did have a huge doubt. My big question mark for the All Blacks is that I think the Super Rugby competition now is so inferior to what it used to be like that they're yes. coming out, in my view, of not the best competition um, in the world. And I always thought that would be a barrier for Argentina, um, for Australia and, um, and the All Blacks. So I said, well, that's been proven, given that Argentina and the All Blacks are through to the last four. That's been proven to be a bit of a myth as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, without running the risk of antagonising the rugby gods... Um are Argentina and England just making up the numbers in the semi-finals? You know, what semblance of a chance do they have? Uh, they have a big chance. I'm, I'm of the view if you can get to the last four, you can win it. Um, and I would think that by the time you get through this, through the quarterfinal, through the quarterfinal stages, all those, um, um, all those predictions, all those predictions go out the window. Um, England, England have had some close test matches. They've been involved in some tough contests. It was a very, very tough one this morning um, against the Fiji team that had absolutely nothing um, to lose. There's no way in the world am I riding England or Argentina off. No, indeed. What next for Fiji? For a start, we should stop calling them Tier 2 and we should start treating them like a Tier 1 nation, I would think. Well, how serious are we, mate? We have a lot of debates about the importance of promoting and progressing rugby in the Pacific. And you remember then they increased three, you know, then they in, increased the Tri Nations to the to the um, to the championship, and they didn't. They could have added Fiji or Samoa, but they didn't. They instead added, added Argentina. 
Um, the only the best thing that, that we can do for tier two nations like Samoa and Fiji is give them more games against tier one nations, give them better access to their um, the players that they can select, and um, and make sure from a financial point of view and sponsorship point of view that they can compete. It's incredible what Fiji. Let's remember that Fiji's population of only nine hundred thousand, up against England population fifty five million. The difference in resources, the difference in money, sponsorship. Revenue, player payments, competition, um, facilities are, um, you know, well, Fiji is almost third world um, by comparison. And yet they're, um, they, you know, they find a way to be competitive. They find a way to keep, you know, the, the reputation of rugby in the Pacific and the image of rip, you know, at a very, very high level. The best thing that we can do is expand the Four Nations Championship to um, six or even seven nations and talk seriously about Japan. Fiji and Samoa joining the elite competitions. Yeah, I'd go eight and have two pools of four, even if you want. You can split hairs over how yes. it's structured, but Good I think idea. there's a lot of sense in it, Ken. I think there's a lot of sense in it. Uh, um, and let's see uh, what happens, mate. Because I, I, I detect... Yeah, well, Tonga, Tonga would be the eighth team. Months. Yeah, Tonga would be the eighth team, uh, once you, you've thrown uh, Japan in there as well. Uh, I, I detect, having listened to you, spoken to you a lot over the years, so Ken, you're just sort of at your wit's end about... You know, the, are the power brokers actually going to make the right decisions? Um, you know, the time, the jury's out on that. Time's only going to tell. Hey, domestically, Ken, um, if this was 1999, I could say this is really good for Hurricanes rugby that the Hawks Bay and Taranaki are in the final, right? There you go. There's a good Wellington perspective. What happened there, mate? What What's happened to the Lions? Well, I think it, well, well firstly, I think it's fantastic that Hawks Bay have got the shield. Uh, um, I called the game in Otago a couple of years ago when they won it. Uh, took it off Otago. Um, uh, I called the game when they lost it to um, to Wellington last year, and uh, and I called the game when they won it back um, this year as well. So I feel a close association with the highs and lows of Hawke's Bay. Also, let me point out that Hawke's Bay and Taranaki have probably had the two biggest crowds for um, for home games for yes. in the NPC in 2023. They have been well supported. They both play a great brand. Oh, fully, I love the fact that they still play in their tradition. I'm a little bit of a old-fashioned kind of guy as well. I love the fact that they haven't changed their changed their jerseys. They're still playing their traditional strips. I think it's going to be a magnificent, uh, magnificent game. Um, Neil Barnes is a pretty special guy um, as well. Head coach of Taranaki, very, very experienced uh, coach. They play a great brand of play um, play a great brand of footy, and it's going to be a great occasion. So uh, all the best to both teams. Um, but I, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. And as you know, uh, Daniel, you and I, we've seen a lot of NPC over the years. Um, and having Hawks Bay and Taranaki play in the final for this year's Bunnings NPC, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's going to be an absolute beaut. It's one of those games that could literally go both ways. Uh, you can make really strong cases for both teams. Uh, and how, 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 how long do you think the party was on the West Coast this weekend, Ken? And do you, do you regret not being down there? Too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was... Uh, I went to I went to Tamuka. I should have gone. I should have gone to Greymouth with Matt Cooper, with the vice president of New Zealand rugby. Tried to get me to jump in the car with him after um, after the South Canterbury um, win. But yes, yeah, isn't that fantastic? You know the, you know well you talk about Tier Two and we talk about Heartlands and we've got a bit of a Heartlands program I think um, coming up in a couple of weeks' time as well with two games uh, locally. I spoke to Nigel Walsh on Saturday, but that's fantastic for the West Coast. Congratulations. To um, to the organisation, all the supporters um, on the west coast for a, a thrilling way to end the season. It's been a great, it's been a wonderful NPC and Heartlands Championship as well because you know you chuck in the memories um, and images that Nati East Coast um, have given us of their performances both before the game and during the game um, as well. So it's been an amazing year for the NPC. Good on you, Ken. Appreciate your time, mate. Really do love the passion. We'll catch up soon. I hope. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure. Ken Laban from Sky Sport uh, looking at the weekend's action both abroad and at home as far as rugby is concerned. All right, let's get to some of your text messages. Guys, you're in dreamland. Look at Pacific. They are rubbish as good players are in Europe. It's not New Zealand. Responsibility to mother the island. Rugby, it's a professional sport. Look at football. Uh, It is what it is. Okay, Dean. Okay, Dean. Let's deal in facts, shall we, Dean? 
Who does Stephen Kitsoff play for? Who does Franco Mostert play for? Club football, right? You're talking about club football. They're, they're all in Europe. Is that what you're saying? By the way, 18 of the Drua squad, uh, 18 of the Fijian squad play for the Drua. So over half. Um, who our, who does Peter Steff de Toy play for? Who does Faf de Klerk play for? Who does Damien Delende play for? Who does Jesse Creel play for? Brian, do you want to help me out here? Who does K- uh, Chislin Colby play for? Who does Dion Three? Um, uh, who else? Kobus Reinach, who started at nine. Who do they play for? They play in either Japan or Europe, right? They, they play in Japan or Europe. There, there are international windows, for which it's incumbent on world rugby to actually make these windows a little bit more easy for uh, teams to travel and spend time together, I would think. So, so why, why can't the rule for the Pacific team stand when, when it works for South Africa? Do, do South Africa bring their players back? Did all those players that I just mentioned there play at Mount Smart earlier this year? Can be done, right? Can be done. Uh, we've had 100 years of greatness. We aren't the right... Uh, we've earned the right to be confident slash arrogant. Ireland have had three to four years um, of success. Please, go the All Blacks. Uh, Kyle asked Fuff, box kick with one minute to go. Why, why not wind the clock down? Uh, as I said to a previous caller, I think it's where they are on the field, and it's a one-point ball game. We're a penalty there, one bad execution and breakdown. Um, you're looking at Ramos, one of the best kick, kickers, kicking goals to win the game. Um, huge turning point in the game, Geordie holding up over the line, then Paddy knock-on after the goal line dropout. Absolutely, Dan. Um, Geordie Barrett, huge shift. Like, seriously, how good were the All Blacks d- just defensively? Will Jordan, like, made 14 tackles and missed one. Rico Iwani who has been bagged ad nauseum about his defence. His defensive reads were excellent, I thought. Not biting too often, you know, pivoting, moving out. Um, you know, I mean, you get so many options thrown at you by that Irish defence. Also, a couple of neat sort of try assists for him. One might have looked forward. I don't know. I need to examine the tape again, Brian. Uh, John, g'day. How are you? Oh, feeling great. Feeling great, McCarty. Hey, just quickly before the Rugby World Cup, the Cricket World Cup, England losing to Afghanistan. And Afghanistan are our next opponent. So, you know, we can't go into this game thinking, well, we're going to take the two points, especially on a a pitch like Chennai, which tends to turn. Absolutely. You you are right. The one thing I will say that gives me more confidence, and I'm not saying the Black Caps are going to take their eye off it. The Black Caps are such a professional side, they won't leave any sort of stone unturned. I don't think our bowling attackers... Out of, out of sorts as much as England's are. England's mm. bowling looks lost at the moment. Oh, yeah, exactly, mate. And, and uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just didn't have a good sleep before they got out there and got the job done. But hey, them in Australia looking a bit wobbly at the moment. But let's get back to the great Rugby World Cup. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to listen to it on the radio because I'm working at the moment. Um, and then saw the highlights of this the England-Fiji game. Man, all the quarterfinals were just great, just absolutely awesome. That French, um, that French team, they kind of imploded on themselves. They eh? they lost it for themselves. It sounded like. Uh, it yeah, sounded I, I like, think they did. I think they did. Yeah, because they had control of that game. Well, I, I didn't. I haven't seen it, but I, what I heard from it, it sounded like that they were controlling the tempo. They were controlling the ball uh, position, kicking it for territory and whatnot. But then. As we know, South Africa sent their bench on, and they've probably got the best bench in the game. And it wasn't even a 7-1 split, it was 5-3. But what yeah, they did well is... World's going mad! World's going mad that yeah. South Africa only have five forwards on the bench. Good to chat, John. We've got to power <laughs> through these, mate. Uh, we'll take one more before we get to a break. Thanks so much for chatting, John. Please call again this week. Um, we're only really scratching the surface of, of these games. We'll talk about this again tomorrow at 9.30. I'm absolutely certain of... Um, Ross, you can lead us into the break. How are you doing? Yeah, Daniel, good yourself. How's that box office this morning, eh? <laughs> box Mate, office this morning, box eh, Danny? The box office. Yeah, they have been. Mate, you just won't the quit. The world champs are still in it. You just won't quit, mate. You, 
Like, be honest, you were feeding off scraps and you must have been absolutely packing yourself after 55, 60 minutes. No, 100 you like, man. No, you just think these, of that. Frenchies, these Frenchies <laughs> haven't extinguished us. No, you just think, you think how important that charge down of Cheslin Colby turned out to be. You know, if ever you want to show kids something, when it comes to rugby, you show them that, you know. It's the one percenters, you know. He, he charges that, that conversion down, he saves two points off that kick. Wins us to win the game by one point, you know. It was just incredible. I mean, the way they scramble, the scramble defense. I know you talk about the 40 tackles they missed, but it's just to put bodies in front of you, put bodies in front to make you panic, you know. So they're not really focused on trying to tackle and get here. It's great if they do, but it's just to put doubt in your head that there's a body in your face. You've got to do something that you naturally wouldn't do, you know. So, yep. man, they, they yep. defended like Trojans, you know, when it came to, came to that. The scramble defense, I mean, the French cut us up so many times. But the scramble defense was insane. Just the way, I mean, Jesse Creel probably had the game of his life, you know. All those little but, one but look, And look how they defended against Ireland. Like, they, they can defend brilliantly. What, what, what I was hinting at was France missed opportunities against a South African defense I don't think was as good as they normally are. And I'm sure as expletive they're not missing 42 tackles in a semi or a final. No way in hell. Hell will freeze over before that. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, again, it goes to show you, you watch that island game and you watch, we, we put a 7-1 bench, you watch this game, it's 5-3. I mean, I think teams are, are, you know, I think people are confusing us for being a, the one-trick pony we used to be. There is so many different ways, you know, that we can play. Like I said before, we, we're a Swiss Army Knight. You know, there's so many different ways we can go. And experience counts. When you get to this yard, yeah, experience does. counts. It and I think does. it counted in both in quarterfinals. I think against Ireland, they, they, under the pressure, they folded. I think a bit to France as well. If, you're in, if you've been in those positions, experience counts. So bring on, bring on the semifinals. Now, Dion, I'll get, oh, sorry, Ross, I'll get you out on this one. Um, Dion's text in. No, you're Ross. Ross, I, I'd like to know, what were you thinking when they hooked Sia Khaleesi and brought on a 33-year-old hybrid hooker slash loose forward? To replace your, I don't know if your coaches are mad or geniuses or just equal parts of both. Well, the thing is, the thing is, you know, that's why South Africans have so much belief in this team. A lot of it is instilled, I suppose, in the flip side to the All Blacks. A lot of it is instilled by the coaching staff. And sometimes we look and we say, man, you know, like last World Cup, a 6-2 split. Are these guys crazy? 7-1. Are they? Are they? And so now it's important to our if, if they pull the hook off and they bring on the fly-up, there's some, there's some reasoning behind it. You know, that's, that's how we look at it pretty much. Good on you, Ross. Got to go, mate. I'm in real trouble. I'm miles late. Brian and Jokes by Joe won't talk to me ever again if I don't play an ad break. It's 27 after 11. I'm loving talking to you. We'll do it again uh, tomorrow from 9.30. Stay with us. It's in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Just ramblings of a crazy broadcaster here. I'm just watching a replay, Brian, and uh, jokes by Joe of England, France, uh, Fiji. It's 47 minutes into the game. There's always one English player who's always pristine white. Like, no dirt on them. And it's always someone who wears number 11, 14, or 15. It's the number 11 today. Immaculate. It looks perfect. All right, Mark writes, Daniel, could you please write down some of your recipes your callers have today? I'm sure a few of them were served humble pie Sunday morning. A middle finger from Fozzie to all the haters. Up the APs, writes Mark. Ooh, good heat, Mark. Good heat. It is 27 minutes away from 12 o'clock. It is time to head off to the news. Up after the news, it will be stumped by Smithy. We'll still have the Polaris Sports Desk before we depart at 12 o'clock. So I, I guess this is your cue to call. 0800 150 811, stumped by Smithy, not far away. Let's finally get to the news, 27 away from 12. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Uh, that time of the day, it is a chance for you to win. You've got to perform, though. Can you handle the heat? Can you handle the occasion, unlike France? Uh, is it Tom? Or Who are we going to, Brian? Uh, first up, we've got Tom. Come in, Tom. Tom, come on hello, down, Tom. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello. Yeah. Got you the loud and clear there. 
Okay, mate. How you doing? Good? Oh. Feeling confident? Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, a bit tired, but I'm sure we'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, all of us are. I wonder what New Zealand's productivity is this Monday. I don't think particularly high. Tom, I don't think particularly oh, high. Uh, we're all a little bit gassed. Oh, there's not much traffic on the Auckland roads today, so I'd say no. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. All right, who's our quiz master? Right, so I'll be running the quiz today, uh, McCarty. And uh, Brian. The, the topics you have to choose from, Tom, they're all the staples. Major League Baseball, NHL Hockey, or the NFL? I'll go NFL. Oh, beauty. <laughs> Just quickly, do you have a team? Uh, yeah, the Rams. Oh, okay, okay. One Super Bowl, couple back, couple back. Not bad. And then just yeah. bombed out. Stat had Stafford there. It was pretty bloody good. All right, first question. I'm out of touch. He's he's going to nail this. I, you know, I'm out of touch. Vinny Testaverde was in the league. <laughs> you think Joe Montana's still going around? Hey, uh, first question. What team is yep. leading the offensive rushing yards per game in the NFL so far this season? Would it be the 49ers? One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. It's through to the keeper. Um, Now, you asked a question two weeks ago on the NFL about a running back who was leading players, and I got it wrong, but I do remember he was from the Dolphins. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, underway. First ball. First ball. Golden. Sorry, Tom. That That was unlucky. That was one of the few times in my life I actually listened. Yeah, and Chad Mostert is a big reason why they are leading. Uh, the 49ers Chad, are second. Chad Mostert? The, the, the supercars. Oh, driver. not Chad. Bloody <laughs> Jamal or something like that. Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> some, some, something like that. Um, anyway. The 49ers are second, though, so that was, wasn't a bad shout, Tom. Unlike yours, we move to Brett from Huntley. Come in, Brett. Got a Brian and Raheem Mostert. That's it, Raheem. Oh, no one likes the correct days in you. No one likes the correct days in you. I love them. I love correctors. Ah. You made me so happy. That's right, (laughs) Raheem. Installer Raheem. Uh, Second question, Brett. The Dolphins have scored the most touchdowns this season with 24. What team is second on that list? Mm, Philadelphia. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Uh, Mahomes' team. Homeboy, who does he... You'd be thinking of the Chiefs. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. No, Jared Haynes' old team. The San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so they've they've, they've scored 20 so far uh, this season. Um, But you survive. The keeper missed the stumping. Last question. What team has scored the least total amount of points so far this season in the NFL? Uh, so, scoring points or points on the table? No, no, I mean scoring points mm. in-game. Touchdowns, uh, goals, I'll, all of that sort of stuff. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Denver. One of the worst things I have ah! ever seen. Good, on, uh, on a good swing, but unfortunately, no. I, I I have no idea. Who's rubbish? I know the Titans are struggling this year. I'll go the Titans. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Well, Brett takes... Carolina, Brian? No. This is going to probably... No. Um, yeah, very interesting. I've, I've just brought up the ladder. I've just brought up the ladder. And they're second in their division. Yeah. Buzzy, eh? Yeah, the Steelers. They've won three and lost two and have only scored 79 points. How is that possible? Oh, hang on. You want to go further down and go check out uh, how many points the New England Patriots have scored because they've only scored 55 so far this season. Oh, my gosh. My the New England Lord. Patriots, crazy. Is Tom Brady's dad now their quarterback? No, I think right. Giselle's that, now that, the quarterback, isn't she? Right, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what, what it means is what, Brett wins? Brett wins. Brett takes home the I wish Brett. I win hat and a chance to be in for the Friday freebie. Brett, Brett I'm so happy, mainly because you corrected, Brian, and I love correctors. Well done to you. I bow down to you. You've stumped Smithy today. You hold there. We'll get all your details, mate. Uh, good on you, mate. Well done, you. Doesn't matter how you get there, mate. Us, us South African rugby fans. Doesn't can't, Doesn't matter how you get there as long as you're there. Good on you, mate. We'll take a break. 19 away from 12 o'clock. The Polaris Sports Desk is not far away.
Turn up the volume, we're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Time indeed for the Polaris Sports Desk. Polaris special offers are on now at your local Polaris dealer. Get a free roof, windscreen, rear panel, wiper kit, and tow hitch valued at $5,000 on a Polaris Ranger 1000, for example. All right, he's back! He's back! It's jokes by Joe, freshly from imbibing way too much at Oktoberfest, getting to the Rugby World Cup, and now he's, you know, here comes gravity, back to reality. You're back at work, son. I, I'm loving it actually. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I'm, I miss my girlfriend mainly, so I'm ba- happy to be back in New Zealand. And I watched the Ireland game uh, with her. She's Irish. I watched it in a pub with her and her 30 Irish friends. And I thought I would be sad when Ireland lost because I care about her, but I didn't. I was very happy. And um, we're not talking now, so I'll probably head back is this, over. Is this the girlfriend, like the one you were going on a, a, a date? Yes, on a date, date with, with ages ago. Where was six yeah, months? We were, six months. Last time we spoke. Yes. Well, congratulations. Commiserations to her. Um, a, um, as you were, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Some news. Yes. A lot happened outside of the rugby. So much. Um, I don't know how, if, if I'll have time to go through all of it. But we'll start with Paul Cole, or Colsey as he's affectionately known around the SCNZ holes. He won the oh, US good. Open of squash yesterday over longtime nemesis Ali Farag in an epic five-set match to become the first Kiwi man in 36 years to get the job done at the tournament. Tournament. The last New Zealander to, to do it was Stuart Davenport back in 1986. It's the fourth major PSA tournament win of Cole's career, and he celebrated the win by drinking out of the cup in an Izzy Dag All Blacks jersey. I'm not kidding. You can watch the video <laughs> on the SNZ Breakfast Instagram page, and he'll be speaking with the boys on the Bricky Show tomorrow morning ahead of his return to our shores in December for the New Zealand Squash Open. So, Hopefully he'll come in and we can see him. Oh, massive. Absolutely massive. He's a star. He's a star. Well done. And speaking of stars, our 20-year-old Rico Berryman, uh, Berryman, sorry, recaptured the under-23 World Cup title over the weekend after a stunning display in the final round of the USCI BMX World Cup in Argentina. Uh, he's got his sights set next on stepping up to, uh, well, as he puts it, compete with the big boys and the elites. He will likely debut in the elite ranks next year when Rotorua hosts the first UCI BMX event of the season in February, which will double as an Olympic qualifying event. So look out for that one. Uh, and less happy news, Kiwi Nipple fans won't be uh, thrilled to see that the Silver Ferns went down 55-46 to 46. Uh, last night in the Constellation Cup test against Australia and Brisbane. Daniel, you won't be happy to see that Kane fractured his thumb in Friday's World Cup win against Bangladesh, but he will well, remain. No, like you, You're getting to my sermon for tomorrow. Like Seriously, how cruel are the cricketing gods? Mm-hmm. That, 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 the lengths that guy went to to just get on the field at this tournament and then for something like that to happen, running through to the non-striker's end, throw comes in, hits him on that one part of the hand that there's no... No padding against the bad handle. Like, no luck. Absolutely soul-crushing. Um, luckily, he is just so calm, he won't get too down about it. So f- fingers and toes and everything else crossed. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Susie Bates, she surpassed Virat Kohli's um, uh, record as the leading run scorer in international T20 cricket, which is pretty impressive. Unfortunately, the White Ferns weren't able to get it done this morning, uh, losing by 11 runs to South Africa in the fifth and final match of their series. I think they only played two matches in the end, though, right? Because the first three were abandoned. So I think it was yeah. one all in that. Uh, and also, we just were just talking about off-air, a New Zealand punter has pulled off one of the greatest feats in horse racing history to win $10 million from the TAB. He picked... All 12 horses in order for the Everest, the $20 million Everest at Randwick in Sydney. Unbelievable. Would you turn up to work if you won $10 million, uh, Daniel? Well, I'm here, right? Yeah, right. No, but I'm asking, Um, oh, you want it? Would I I turn up to work? Yeah. Yeah, for for the commitment that I've made and then beyond that. (laughs) So I I think it unbelievable. a, sh- a handshake agreement with Rubes, and I do, I, I do this while uh, Smithy's away. Uh, beyond that, though, I'd probably go buy an island and you never hear from me ever again. Yeah, you know, every single one of my friends, I said that they would because they said they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Like, they would just continue to work and then, like, slowly you go, work out. You go, well, you go out for a start. Yeah, it's true. You'd have the and best then, night of your life. Yeah, and then do whatever you want for at least a couple of weeks um, because you've got nothing to worry about. But that's impressive. 
I think I got one, two, three, and then I definitely one and two, and then from then on it gets a little bit clouded because um, I went with. Now you weren't here for this jokes, Mojo. I went with a completely unscientific uh, model of uh, picking horses based on their name appeal, uh, and I still got the Quinella, if not the trifecta. That's um, incredible. No, you're a talent. You're, yeah, I, no, you're not wrong. I hate to fly in the face of public opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are correct. But stupidly, I didn't put any money on my own picks, so that's why I'm here today. Uh, eight and a half minutes away from 12 o'clock. Thank you very much, Joe. Do appreciate that. The uh, Polaris Sports Desk. Remember, Polaris special offers are on now at your local Polaris dealer. Eight and a half minutes away from 12 o'clock. You're listening to Mornings with Ian Smith with Branch, your local John Deere equipment supplier. Back with more shortly.